Amen. <laughs> thank you, Pastor. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Amen. Thank you for that standing ovation. I really appreciate that. Actually, it was planned, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a planned one. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. Yes, it's good to be in the house of the Lord. God has something for us today. We know it's daily bread. He doesn't go 24 hours past the connection with all of us. If we allow it, if we allow it, you can plan on never going 24 hours past Jesus again. How many wouldn't mind never going 24 hours beyond Christ for the rest of your life? Amen. And so that's part of what it means to receive the daily bread of the Lord. Of course, our whole creation is based upon that 24-hour cycle. All of creation knows the 24-hour cycle. The planets know them. The galaxies know them. Everything knows them. And if you're a strong believer, you have two things in you. The solar system. Solar meaning the sun and the power of the Holy Spirit is it's in you. Kashete, you just got it. But how many know solar needs a system? So quit being so lazy. Let's move on. Hallelujah. Seriously, if you want to be everything God calls you to be, you need solar systems in your walk with the Lord. Amen. I just love coming to Christ City because you're not an easy church to attend. Just thought I'd share that. And you see, I believe that there is a trend among the body of Christ to do everything to make you comfortable. And I do believe it is a work of God. But I do believe there are congregations that have been called to have an impact in a different dimension. And I believe Christ City is called. I believe Christ City is called. And if you're here and you're a part of this body, so are you called to be the kind of a believer that intercedes for a nation, that intercedes for a country. A, a, a congregation that is not trying to be so culturally relevant that you're indistinguishable from everything around you in the world. You have been called to be a sign and a wonder. I want everywhere you go, the people to be go, can I have some? I want everybody that you come into contact with realize they've just run into an uncommonness in you. I experienced it coming here this week. Whenever I get on the airplane, I turn into another man. And I'm not Superman. You've ever heard the story about, you probably have, I've probably shared it here before about Muhammad Ali was on a flight one day and the flight attendant says, fasten your seatbelts. And Muhammad Ali says, Superman don't need no seatbelts. And she looked at him and said, Superman don't need no airplane. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I like that. 
Was that worth coming this morning? Just that right there, along with our worship. And so one of the words that comes to my mind, and, and I believe people will receive this, if you're a part of this assembly that has been called, has an assignment in the city and an assignment in the world, come on, folks, you know it right now. When, when we are weighed before the presence of God in judgment, in justice, just because you made it easy for people to do church doesn't mean that God's necessarily calling that all precious stones. And so I just want to encourage you as a congregation to continue to be who you are because you may be more noticed by the devil than by the city. But you'll be noticed by the city also. After all, your name is Christ City. Change your conduct or change your name. I'm leaving. No, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, isn't it amazing what a speaker can say because he's visiting? But, and of course, of course, we have silicone worship over here on this side. I mean, no, I, I don't, how, how does she do it? I mean, I can't even, this just doesn't work anymore. But there's, there's silicone worship right there before, before our very eyes. And it's so beautiful, isn't it? Isn't it? Amen. Come on. Amen. Yeah. You see, you have an e-mail, but do you have e-motion? Think about that for a sec. We need to be emotional people in the sense that we add motion to our faith. And so I want you to know that last year I picked up Pastor's book, Fire, The Seven Fire Anointings. And, uh, and there, this, this, isn't, this isn't a plug from him. It's a plug from me. That's not, that's not a nice book. It's not a flowery prose book. It's not even the art of writing. It's not even like that. It's a manual for what this place is all about. And I have it read, reread, marked up, marked up, marked up. And I know that when Pastor comes to worship the Lord, when he comes into this place, he, he comes and he makes his, himself move. He makes himself move. It's called emotion. If you want some emotion, then give me some motion. And that's not even a cl just a clear, uh, slick phrase. God will tell you to move. <laughs> like, it'll come right down to physics. And if you've been in the way so long that you're in the way, then get out of the way. And when he tells you to Whatever it may be, raise hands. Now, I know there are those that would say, no, that's childish. No, it's childlike. And so I declare you're an emotional, not emotionalism, but an emotional house. So I'd encourage you, even when you don't want to sometimes, do what pastor does, take off your jacket. I notice every time I come, he has to put his jacket on again after worship because he doesn't want to wreck it. (laughs) 
So be who you are in the name of Jesus. Be who you are in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, you know my heart is all about what Jesus said when he was 12. And tonight I can't wait to lay hands on a young generation again. If you've got the, kid, the young people, the ones that are 12 and under, I believe, is it, Jennifer? That we're gonna, I'm going to lay my hands on your kids, which means that you should be here. Uh, if you have kids that age, because there's something on me that isn't on every guest speaker. They have their anointing, I have mine. And I'm going to lay hands on a generation, like I have all over the world, and they're going to recover. Amen? Well, Lord, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your presence. Lord, we feel like we've already been ministered to in, your, in our time of uh, the sacrifice of our worship towards you, Lord. We love you, Jesus. Father God, we love you, and we offer to you the sacrifice of praise. We come, like even in the spirit of David, and dance wildly before our God, and we will be much more uncontained than this, so to speak. Father, that we would not be afraid of emotion, that we would allow devotion in our hearts to show up in emotion in our bodies, that we would be those that are childlike forever, Hallelujah. That we would be childlike forever, childish for a season, but childlike forever. Take your word, make it living and active, we pray. We love this book, Lord, called Your Word. We worship the author, who is God. Because, Lord, you wanted to give us something we could read and meditate upon. So you've given us the written word and you've also given us the living word, Jesus in the flesh. We thank you for both translations. Now take your word, make it living and active in the name of Jesus in the next few minutes and everybody said, amen, amen, amen. Well, we're taking a look at John chapter three this morning and, and uh, the title of today's word, and you'll, you'll wanna jot a few notes possibly, the title of this word is three absolute musts of Scripture. I've been doing a lot of listening to life coaches, men and women with motivational gifts, and I'm just learning that it's time to get rid of the shoulds in my experience. And so I want to point out this evening or and this morning the, what I would call the three absolute musts of Scripture, and they're all embedded in John chapter 3. And so I will read, There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, Well, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. 
Do not marvel that I say to you, and if we could all say it together real strong, you must be born again. One of the great evangelists in Britain back a couple of hundred years ago was made fun of for his message of you must be born again. And so the people of the, the paper or whoever the journalists were came to says, why do you demand that people must be born again? And he responded with this, because you must be born again. And that was the end of that. Now, you must be born again. Please understand, this is not me speaking. This isn't, this isn't your pastor talking or your visiting evangelist. These are the words of our Savior who said to all of humanity, and especially to this man that was very, very qualified for heaven from the perspective of works. And the Lord said, do not marvel that I say to you, you must be born again. And what's so powerful about that is that anything that you receive from the Lord, anything that I'll ever receive from the Lord, comes from a place of needy nakedness. I've got good news for you. You must be born again is not a downer. It's really an upper. When a baby is born, how many know that's one piece of neediness? Come on now. How many parents do I have in the house here that are, and, and frankly, maybe even young ones? When that baby comes out, it's making noise at this end and doing something at the other, and it has no clue, and it is absolutely, absolutely vulnerable. I've been reading about people who have struggles later in life, and it's because they were never held when they were young in babies. Do you know that if you don't hold a baby, it, it, it'll die? And when we come to Christ, you need to come naked. You need to come unashamed. You need to come absolutely, by the shadow of a doubt, needy. So a baby, if a baby is not nurtured, if a baby doesn't have everything done for it, absolutely everything, when that baby comes out of the, out of the womb, I mean, you have to, you have to unhook it. it. It can't even unplug itself. It's just like, you, you have to unhook it, and then you have to, like, it can't clean itself like an animal can, like a deer can, and, you know, they can lick their hand. But, but a poor baby, man, the, what? I'm just giving you a picture of how messed up you are. And until you realize that you'll never be born again, because the born-again experience is <clears throat> for those that come young, naked, needy. Come on, how many have already noticed that if you've been a Christian a long time, God isn't even treating you like he did when you were first born again? How many know he's telling you to put on your own socks? Come on, how many know what I'm talking about? Like, figure out yourself, you piece of work. Well, I did everything for you when you were just born again. But you're growing up, and so then you need the system that goes with the solar that happened in your life. I have good news. You must be born again. And you know what? I believe there's somebody here right now that's saying, Preacher, you could stop right now. I'm receiving that call. I am coming before my God naked, unashamed, needy, have to be held, 
have to be cuddled, must be clothed. If that's you this morning, I have good news. Life is going to change because you are going to be born again. And I would even say, I would even throw out this challenge to anybody, or not even a challenge, but an invitation, if that's you. And if at any point in this message you feel like you need to stand up, I'll see you. And I'll acknowledge that you today, hallelujah, are coming to the Savior who will take every need and carry you so you don't grow up messed up. Because you see, when a baby is not held and fed and coddled and loved, if they're not the center of the universe, do you remember when you first came to Christ, you thought Jesus only saved you? And he was meeting all your needs. And then you came to the realization there's another must in this scripture. We're getting to it in a second. But if that's you and you feel like you must be born again, I invite you to come. Stand right where you are, wherever you may be. Even throughout this message, you have a personal conversation with the Lord. And wherever you may be, I'll see you. And I'll come into agreement with you that today is the day. You came to the Lord God as a child, as a newborn. By the way, life will change when you leave the womb. I've probably shared it before, but how many know a baby in a womb is loving the womb? Ooh, I love the womb. I can feel the womb. My world is within reach. Ooh, there's even a drum beat. Boom, 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 boom. I don't even need to lift up my hand to receive my food. It's coming from there down to here. And then the mother says, you're out of there. And all of a sudden, you go through this passageway. You, you go through this narrow canal, and, and, and you're kind of, you know, might even need, we might even need forceps to get your head out. That's why Sylvester Stallone speaks funny. Did you know that? I read about him. The reason, yo, Jay. You know why he speaks like that? Because they had a problem getting him out of his mother. And the forceps messed up his speech. I just think that's amazing. I just, and why do I think it's amazing? Because he didn't let nothing stop him, did he? Yo, Adrian. Was that it? Is that the, yeah. Great stuff. And when you pop out, you thought your world was big before? Check out the world you just came into. If you've never been born again, where you went from that world to that world, you can be born again. How many are thankful that Jesus said to this well-heeled man, this very, very powerful man in the Sanhedrin, probably part of the 72, you must be born again. And of course, Nicodemus had a 
beautiful heart about it. He says, how can this be? It sounds too good to be true, really. And, but God knows that it was true. As we continue to read down, we read these words. I'm going to start at verse 10. And Jesus answered and said to him, Are you the teacher of Israel, and do you not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know, and we testify of what we have seen, and you do not receive our witness. If I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how will you believe it if I tell you of heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so, say it with me, must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God so loved the world, or let's say it together, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn it. He knows we're babies. He knows we're needy. <laughs> You'll never know the must till you realize without him you're dust. That rhymed. <laughs> Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Oh, there's the second absolute must found in John chapter 3. The first one is you must be born again. And by the way, could I, could I just tell you right now, must is a positive word. How many of you have seen a good movie lately? Yeah, you can raise your hand. You won't go to hell. Come on. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Was it a must-see? Probably. It was a good movie. It was a must-see. <laughs> Come on, ladies. Have you seen something new at Nordstrom Rack? I guess they opened one here. It's a must-buy. And you thought must was a negative. Must is a positive. Do I have one of my, can you throw me my hat up there? Craig, could you just... I must. Some are saying, this is a commercial. <laughs> Only brought nine. This, ex this exists because of a 14-year-old boy who heard me speak on the I Must Spirit. And he was so touched by what God did and said to him through this dust that he started a company of, called Holy Mountain Apparel He's now 15 years old, and he's got his entrepreneurial, I must be about my father's business, business going. And he's putting must on all kinds of stuff. I'll throw this out before we're done. Somebody's going to get it if they want it. It's the cool one that make me look stupid, but, you know, it's the flat stuff. What a dork I look like right now. I don't know what it is about hats, but they don't work for me. It just don't work. You'd think God would give me something that would work since he decided to take what was on my head from me. <laughs> what the Lord loveth, he exposeth. Come on, somebody. He must, he must look. The... 
Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Do you know that we're the most in integrous belief system in the world? The Christian belief system took care of the necessaries. The necessaries being there must be payment for sin. And it's either you or me, says the Lord. Either you're going to have to pay for it or I'm going to have to pay for it. And God chose to pay for it. Jesus came, died and was buried and rose again. And we are an event-based faith. We are not an idea-based faith. We do not live by an ideology. We live by an event that took place in real time. It's called the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Even so must the Son of Man be lifted up. How many are thankful that Jesus took care of what I call the necessaries? He took care of the issue of things. The word integrity means, in, in some definitions, it would take on the meaning of without wax. And back in the time of the Romans, they would sell marble pillars. And if a pillar had imperfections in it, they would fill it with wax. The imperfections. The problem is, is that when that same pillar would get in the sun, the wax would melt. And the pillar would show its blemishes. So to have integrity means there are no cracks in your, in your proposal. And so when we look at the gospel and the way God brought us back to, us, back to him, there are no cracks in it. It's without wax. It's an integrous story. I have a very good friend, very good friend, He's actually spoken into my life profoundly. He's a Muslim man. I may have shared this with you last year. I don't know, but he's married to a full-on evangelical, Bible-breathing believer Christian. So I'm still trying to figure him out. And his kids are being raised in the Christian faith, but he struggles with Jesus being God. Because in the Muslim faith, Jesus, God can't die. And my comment to that is simply, if he doesn't, he ain't God. What if our God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, says, you know what? I'm just a little self-centered today. So there's no me dying for you. You go to hell. How many are thankful that the King of kings and the Lord of lords died and was buried and rose again. Now, of course, that doesn't mean he didn't exist. It just means he's separated. He was separated from the Father. So we've got the first I must. Hey, why, why don't we give names to him? How about the first one? The I must of the sinner. You must be born again. The second one, the I must of our Savior. I must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things and die at the hands of the priests and chief priests. But here's our last must. And it's found in a little further down, or it's found, in, let, let, I'm going to go to verse 27 of John chapter 23, or 3. John answered and said to him, a man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. Boy, that's good psychology right there. Come on now. 
How many are believing that's just downright good psychology? I'm going to save you an appointment at your psychiatrist right now. Just let it be. A man can receive nothing unless it has been given to him from heaven. What you have and who you are and what you can do and your competencies have been given from God. So don't you dare offend the Father by wishing you were somebody else. Because that is offensive to our almighty God, I believe. I don't know about you, but I just love being me. How do you enjoy being you? I hope you really enjoy yourself. And maybe the reason you're not enjoying yourself is because you're, you're not living up to your must. You're not... John answered and said, A man can receive nothing unless it has been given him from heaven. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I am not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. He who is the bride is the bridegroom, has the bride, is the bridegroom. But the friend of the bridegroom, who stands and hears him, rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Therefore, this joy of mine is fulfilled. So John was very, very joyful at this point because of what Christ was doing. And look what it says here. Verse 30. But he must increase and I must decrease. What would we call that must? If the first one's the I must of a sinner, and the second one's the I must of a, our Savior, we're going to line up the S's here. Yeah, yeah, I think it's right on. The I must of a saint. You see, this is when I'll know you're a saint. Is when, yes, yes. When there's less, yes. Good to have you in the house of the Lord. You will be a saint when there's less of you and more of him. But the less of you <laughs> doesn't mean less of you like you think less of you. Because if you think less of you, you need to think more of you. Because you're thinking less of you, you're, you're, a, you're a wallflower. Now some of you are saying, well, that's my personality type. Would you please just be who you are and enjoy it? I had so much fun coming here. I came across a booth in the kiosk in the Denver airport. And this kiosk made me miss my flight. <laughs> I couldn't believe this kiosk that was at coming, coming my way. I, I actually, it wasn't moving. I was moving towards it. But it might as well have been moving towards me because I'm attracted. It says, be good to people. Now, being a charismatic, I sometimes struggle with life is good the phrase and the t-shirts, because I, I think they should get rid of an oh, Life is God, and, and, and God is good, and Jesus said, don't call me good, only God is good. There's something about good that can get off. But I love what it said. It says, be good to people. 
And it was t-shirts, mugs, be good to people. Well, I just got so pumped about this, I bought one of their hats. So I have a hat that says, be good to people. So everywhere I go, when I got the hat on, I'm on assignment. Because how many know you can't be an idiot if you're wearing that hat? <laughs> you can't be a, a, an impatient doofus. I mean, when you're wearing a hat that says, be good to people, change your hat or change your conduct. So, I got a, so I'm a beacon. So I bought the hat and got so pumped that it sent me to the wrong terminal. <laughs> and I got to B83. And I says, I'm supposed to go to Edmonton. What, why does it say New Orleans or something? She says, because you're in the wrong terminal. I says, well, that's terminal then for me right now. That's just a terminal moment because I missed a flight. Now, how many know the world isn't coming to Edmonton every day? Come on now. Don't, don't, be, don't be offended. But there's only two flights at any one time coming in here, okay? Actually, there's more. But on United, there's only two from Denver. So all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, now I had five minutes to get the thing. Now I have eight hours. So I walked to the uh, United Airlines concierge, and, and I says, when's the next flight? They says, 7.10. It was 9.30 in the morning. 7.10 tonight. I says, okay. And, and, and I says, can you bump me up, you know, to first class there? It isn't really first class. It's pathetic. But let's move on. I shouldn't have said that either. Why did I just say that? I just said that. I just, the, uh, and so, so, you know, they bumped me up to first class and uh, business class, and that also got me into the red carpet lounge. So I decided because they did the wrong terminal, as far as I'm concerned, they should have been flying out of B, not A, that I would just, you know, eat all their food. And they, so I did. I just had a wonderful time. It was healthy food, though. Healthy, healthy. People are getting more healthy. And uh, broccoli, and it was really good. And uh, I, I was able to enjoy the presence of God for seven hours as I just worked on, on His presence in my life. And everywhere I went, I was just a happy camper. That is what it means for Him to increase and you to decrease. It doesn't mean you disappear. It means you appear fully yourself and fully alive. Please understand that. It doesn't mean that, 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 that you've, you've become a worm, so to speak. It means that you've, you, you've come alive in who you really are. These are the seven famous words of John the Baptist. He must increase, but I must decrease. We would pin that on his name tag. And of course, Jesus had his famous seven words. These were cousins. I must be about my father's business. The I must of a saint. How many here could, could use a decrease? How many here could use a decrease in fear? A decrease in shame? A decrease in insecurity? How many need to be born again? born again again come on you know it's the new age stickers on bumpers I'm born again again and again and again well how many believers here could use another 
dose of born again. Naked and unashamed, you come to the Lord just as you are with radical, unconditional love. So I've been running into people. It didn't hurt or anything, but I ran into people. I ran into a man the other day at the climbing wall. He's there with his 10-year-old daughter. I have a funny feeling he's going to be a part of my life. And then yesterday I ran into another man in a Starbucks where I was studying for eight hours, five hours. Thank God for Starbucks. You can actually work there for four bucks. And so uh, I had all of my books lined up that I was reading. And, and this gentleman, he made me here this morning for all I know. Uh, but he, he attends another church in town, a great church. And he, uh, he looked over at me. He looked at my books. Because everywhere I am, I'm just like, free to be me. And Jesus, hallelujah. Be good to people. He says, what are you reading? Well, about 45 minutes later, he finally left. Full-on believer in Christ. Got kids my age. I don't know if I told you this, but I have a 10 and an 8-year-old, and I'm 60. Let's pray. <laughs> I've never been able to say that, Pastor. I am 60 with an 8-year-old. It's called Planned Parenthood Gone Wrong. No, no, it isn't. No, it isn't. <laughs> it's just the way it was for me. This is how God made me. He told me I wouldn't have a wife till later in life when I was 14, and I finally married at 40. Hadn't been married before, hadn't been with a woman before. I was the 40-year-old virgin guy, and there were only three of us on the planet. <laughs> I've said that every time I come. Thank you for laughing. But man, I kept myself, because I must. I must. So my kids are 8 and 10. My son's 8 and Gabrielle's 10. I'm 60, which means when I'm 70, they'll be 18 and 20. So how many believe that the next decade is awesome? Amen? Why is it awesome? Because I am going to get to practice what I've been preaching for years. I'm actually going to experience it now. A tweener in my home. A teenager in my presence. So I'm going to be born again. Again. And again. I'm going to have to get naked and unashamed in the, in the Spirit as I train these children in the ways of the Lord. This gentleman that I met yesterday, he's already treating his kids like they're 13 and one of them's 12 or 10. He's already treating them like they're that age because he doesn't want to run into an emergency. So, 60 to 70 is going to be the hippest decade of my life. And hip stands for happy, imperfect parent. 
I hope you're a happy, imperfect person too. Be hip. And trust that God will give you the ability to have influence on your kids in a powerful way. How many want a little bit of what's on me on your kids? Amen. Found God at six. Filled with the Holy Spirit at 12. At Central Pentecostal Tabernacle on 107th Street here in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. The place isn't even there anymore. It's a condo. It's a condo now. But man, I remember getting on my knees. Catch this. Got on my knees. I was 12 years old. And I just began to speak to the Lord. 12, 12, 12. Oh, thank you, Lord Jesus. I love you, Lord. And silicone hit my mouth like silicone hit her legs. <laughs> and I began to speak in a heavenly language. And I've been doing it ever since. That was 48 years ago. Guess who I met yesterday? At my mom's condo. Or the day before. It was the day before. The guy that was in the room when it happened. He's now 68. Chris, or Harris, Rick Harris. You know how cool it is? 48 years later, to run into somebody in a condo hallway who was there, and I was able to tell him about it. I said, you were skinny then? <laughs> You're fat now. <laughs> and you had long red hair. You were a hippie. And 48 years later, I'm able to look back at that time. How many want that kind of legacy on your children? I believe, I believe with all my heart that you can have that legacy on your kids if you practice the I must spirit. I must will make you absolutely attractive to people around you. They'll come and watch you burn and never get burnt because whatever God puts on fire he ignites more than he hallelujah I want us to bow our heads if we could Lord we just love you and we just thank you that, that you that you did the second must so we could experience the first must and mature into the third must. That because you, were di you died and, were and was buried and rose again, I can be born again. Because you died, I can be born. Because you suffered death, I can, suffer, I can, I can receive life. Father, I thank you for that. And in a crowd this size, I would not be at all surprised if there wouldn't be somebody who says, I must be born again. I just must become naked, needy, and unashamed before Almighty God. If that's you at the count of three, I'm just going to have you raise your hand. I only do this for your benefit. 
to give you a line in the sand, so to speak, or a flagpole shoved into the ground that says, today. Today I gave my life to Christ. Gave my life to Jesus. So at the count of three, if there's anybody here, this is your moment that you will never forget. It will be an unforgettable in your life. Don't be afraid. One, two. Don't be afraid. Three. Yes. 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 I see hands up throughout the congregation, and here's the word of the Lord. For some of you, it could be the very first time. For others of you, it may be, I'm just giving my life back to Christ. Yeah, I come into agreement. I want us all to agree with these that have raised their hands in our midst. And if you even want to take it a step further, I'm not going to ask you to come up. I could, but if you could just, just stand up right where you are. Don't be afraid. Those of you that raised your hand, just stand up. Don't be afraid. You're surrounded by people who love you and love God. Let's agree with these now. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, everybody. Lord Jesus, I stand in the midst of your people. And I invite you into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be the love of my life. I give you myself today. Through your shed blood, I have been born again. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for these that have confessed you. I know, Lord, that there are people standing that have given their lives to you before even today. But Lord, you're working a work in all of us, including those who are standing right now. How many in this room this morning, and we're almost done, I'm turning it over in a minute, but would say, you know, as you were speaking about the need for the I must spirit, is there something in your life that, you're, that the Holy Spirit pinpointed that needs to change for you? Something that needs to change, because if you should, you won't, but if you must, you will. God will give you the power to make a change. If that's you, just stand before your God right now. Yeah. Somehow the Holy Ghost has said things that you need to let his divine power bring change into your life. I'm telling you what, I've got a few I must that need to happen in my life that have not happened yet. And boy, do I want them to happen. And I know if I stay in the I should, it won't happen. If it's an obligatory negative, it will not happen. It must come from the I must spirit, which is a download from heaven. God gives you the power. It could be a physical need. It could be a physical health issue that you're saying, I must change. It could be an addiction that needs <coughs> the spirit's power to overcome, along with, along with everything else. It, it could even be a, 
It could even be a, a loose tongue, a, a, a gossiping heart. <coughs> and you're saying, you know, I'm done with it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe that that man of God in the room today who brought the three I must of John chapter 3 is, is going to, is, is that I'm receiving his word as I stand before God. As I stand before my God, I need not be ashamed. I need to know and I can be confident that in this infancy stage that I stand in, he will hold me, he will feed me, he will clothe me, he will carry me because I'm being born again in an area that requires an I must spirit. And Lord, that we would look back at this day and say that's when we began <coughs> to experience a new beginning. A new beginning in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And Father, I believe that, as I've said so many times, bedrooms will become Bible colleges, devotions will become a delight, and I declare kids will never have to return to you because they're never leaving, Lord God. I declare it in the name of Jesus. I declare it. And the Holy Spirit is ministering very much right now, and I know I'm doing good on time, but let's, as, you, as you're standing before your God, it's a personal encounter with the Lord. And I've got good news for you. You cannot must your must. You can't make it happen through uh, your own willpower. Willpower is overrated. Outsource it. Outsource it right now. And call upon the Lord and say, Lord, I received the download of the I must spirit so that I can give you an I will heart. Lord, I, I, <coughs> I receive the I must spirit that I may have an I can heart. I speak it in the name of Jesus. Yep, second row, third row right here. God's doing the work. Yeah, receive it. Jesus at 12 said, I must be about my father's business. John at 30 around said, I'm, he must increase, I must decrease. 